Welcome back to Patients as Partners. I'm Candace Williams. Today I'm joined by Pedro Mendez, Director of Language and Cultural Services. Not only does this team work to ensure we're able to communicate with our patients in their preferred language, they partner with patients and their loved ones, helping them navigate the healthcare system and connecting them to community partners. He shares stories of how this team advocates for their patients and talks to us about how this partnership with patients impacts emergency room readmission rates and the care of patients with diabetes. As Pedro puts it, the language and cultural services team bridges the gap between culture, context, and customs. Thank you for joining me, Pedro. No, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So when we talk about language and cultural services, can you tell us what exactly is that? Well, it's communication. And um, basically what we do is uh, bridging the gap between cultures and helping patients in their preferred language. So that allows us to have a clear communication with them and help them to navigate a healthcare system such as no one. Okay, and a preferred language, what, what, what is preferred language? What does that really mean? Yeah, for the preferred language will be, um, you know, the, the day-to-day, um, you know, way of communications that they have, either whether in their home or in their communities. So if their preferred language will be uh, a dialect, like such as Jirai, then that's what we're going to use as means of communication uh, to help them navigate the system. So usually this uh, dialect or language is uh, um, uh, used at home and used in the community. So it's a common use for the patient in this case. So um, once they come to us, they will uh, feel, uh, have that familiar uh, feel for them and allows them to, uh, you know, navigate the system and get the services that they need in a timely manner. So uh, we try to make it, you know, kind of like extension of the, the family and communications, whether it's in the community or at home. So that's what we uh, um, have as a preferred language, uh, something that is very uh, common to them and familiar uh, for our patients. And so is it safe to say that a person may speak one language at home, but maybe they prefer to be communicated in, in a different language? Exactly, exactly. Sometimes when I go to the doctor, uh, myself, I will say that I rather uh, communicate in English or sometimes I will say, oh, I'd rather communicate in Spanish. Uh, and that depends on the service or how I, you know, comfortable I feel with the, uh, the context or the subject that we are discussing. And, um, and that can happen, you know, uh, especially when we have uh, families involved. Um, many of our communities, our diverse communities in uh, different ethnicities, prefer to have you know family involved. Where you know when they are going through the healthcare system or whether it's an ambulatory service, they love to have family close. So it's very common that um, they will ask, uh, "What is the preferred language?" You know, for the whole family, or if the person rather to have just one specific language. Uh, and we try to accommodate that for our patients um, in every way possible. Wonderful. And when you talk about, or when we talk about um, language and cultural services, how does that have an impact on care, the care that patients receive? Well, it is uh, uh, something that is remarkable because uh, communication is so important in whether uh, details about a condition or symptoms 
are uh, missing from a communication uh, could be, you know, have tremendous impact on the patient's care. So that is why communication, you know, at all levels is, you know, essential. But at this level of medical communication, it is so important that we have uh, clear what the message was and if we understood that the context and the cultural background for that person, uh, um, the symptoms are clear, the information with the doctor and this change or why are the steps to follow are clear for our patients. So we make a lot of um, efforts to trying to, uh, you know, uh, bridging that gap between the cultures, their context, their customs, and uh, what exactly uh, they mean when they are referring to a certain symptom or to a certain event that they want to describe to their, um, to their physician. So we make sure that uh, those are clear and always clarify uh, with our patients just to make sure that we are really um, helping them to have their, um, you know, make concerns addressed by the physician or, you know, any other clinical team member. Can you, can you think of a time that you or your team um, had an interaction with a family and a care team where really having you there at the table to, to help with that was really important and, and had an impact? Yes, we, uh, we have the two different things that I can remember. We have uh, one in the, um, uh, in the hospice. We have, we have a patient that uh, she couldn't communicate well, not only because of her condition, uh, but also uh, because of the uh, language barrier. And we have um, our cultural ambassadors. They were, you know, following up in that patient. They got concerned about the patient while it was in the hospital. And then it was moved to the hospice and they follow up with that patient. So um, knowing everything that was happening to her and getting to know her and her family context, they were able to... Um, uh, not only work the uh, clinical and the medical aspects for her, but all the arrangements that come within her social context, they were able to communicate with the embassy and they were able to allow a family member to come and see her um, for her last days. And they, uh, they made sure that she had uh, different things that, uh, um, you know, to make her feel good during the last dates that she had uh, in the hospice care. And, um, well, that was a tremendous, uh, 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 you know, gesture from the cultural ambassadors. And they were able to break that. Um, a lot of people didn't understand what she wanted to do, uh, but they were able, you know, with patience and, and being there, trying to understand her old context for her and her familiar environment. And they put all this together and were able to help her and give her that peace of mind that her family was able to be there. And they, uh, um, you know, she have a son, so they had to take care of that uh, child, too. So they got really involved to help them. So that's one of the, the, the situations that we have that I really uh, felt that it was a huge impact as far as communication and helping that patient. The other situation that we have, I personally have a situation in a patient that um, is uh, deaf, they needed some assistance in one of the hospitals, and the uh, wife was having a baby. And they didn't have any ways to communicate. And uh, we were able, even though, you know, myself, I don't uh, speak American Sign Language, we were able to get the the devices that they needed to communicate. And uh, that was remarkable that we were able to connect with them, that they uh, have this uh, 
phone call uh, that was a director from somebody and uh, we were able to use the system that we have to communicate with the patient and be able to uh, deliver a device for them while they're were in the care uh, and having their baby. So those are things that um, I thought was very uh, unusual, but we were able to navigate and help those patients in situations that could be very complicated because there are so many components that goes to the care. Um, and we also count with a lot of our partnerships uh, within, you know, uh, especially patient services and some of the uh, nursing partners to help us to uh, deliver some of the services. But these were very impactful to me because they were um, very complex. They were not easy to uh, uh, to address because of the distance, the physical distance, and they, they were completely different of what we do every day. Uh, but that also was uh, really important because the cultural aspect was addressed and also the language of communication piece was addressed. So it sounds like with the cultural ambassadors, they're really looking at how do they honor the customs, the traditions of those patients. It's more than just the language itself, but it's really looking at that whole person and, and what's important. Yeah, exactly. They are um, uh, they are navigators. They will... They will uh, take the patient through the entire system. They will be uh, for them, you know, um, it has been remarkable with the uh, culture ambassador program. It has been unbelievable. In fact, uh, this year when we report to our um, Doug Endowment uh, grant, um, the uh, rates for the ED readmission declines 30% and the patients that have a contact with a cultural ambassador in Novant. So that has been amazing for me to see how the ED uh, readmission rate has an uh, impact just by having the culture ambassadors interact with the patients uh, that come to our facilities. And so you mentioned the Duke Endowment. So the culture ambassador program, how long has it been around? And what would you say is the, the primary purpose or goal? Is it um, um, reducing readmissions? Is there sort of a, an expectation that's going to come out of the work that your team is mm -hmm. doing? The, the, the uh, a more uh, uh, important aspect um, is working in the uh, readmission rate in the emergency room. So um, our uh, Latino patients learn that there are more services that can use in the community and that we have partners that can help them get that the care that they need and not necessarily they need to go to the emergency room. So that has a significant positive impact uh, in all the patients that have encountered um, cultural ambassadors. For two years, for this past two years, we have been uh, interacting with those patients that come to Novan and giving them the information. And we have been doing surveys with the patients to understand their needs. And we have partnered with the uh, different community uh, clinics and uh, other, uh, other members of the community that have services for our patients. Uh, and that includes, you know, transportation, that includes, you know, a food pantry. So we have been doing a lot of this work and that has been causing a positive impact um, in that decline of the readmission rate for patients that had a contact with the uh, cultural ambassador in this past two years. So that's been uh, very uh, satisfactory for the program and prove the sustainability of this type of programs in, uh, in Novan. I'm very excited about that. Also, we have impact on the um, patients with diabetes because we have been 
um, making sure that all the patients uh, have the right care and go to the right uh, clinics. And if they don't have a provider, we uh, look one provider for them. So we have different partnerships, uh, including with uh, DNI, um, trying to help those patients uh, across the whole system, and also with uh, you know free clinics or any other service that is available. They are partners uh, with our network in Novan. Pedro and the Language and Cultural Services team for the work you do to ensure patients and families have access to communication and services. Thank you for listening to Patients as Partners on Novant Health Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere you choose to listen to us. We hope you're able to make today remarkable. Remarkable.